For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick with co-host Dan Reese for this year's, this week's, by, by the numbers, after that uh, awful game against the Rams. Dan, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's uh, It's been a crazy year, um, but uh, another crazy week against the Rams. Uh, thought they might pull it off, but man, it's just, uh, it's been been one of those years, huh? Yeah, been, been tough. And, uh, you know, obviously there's been a tough stretch. Where are you on finishing the year strong, getting a win here, as opposed to uh, tanking and going for the draft pick, say? Oh, I'm kind of indifferent. I think it's win-win. Either you get a better um, draft pick or you get to beat Big Ben and finish strong. Uh, I, I don't think they should risk anyone that's not fully healthy. Uh, and I think, you know, they should get guys to play, uh, give them a chance to play. Some of the younger guys... And if they can win, great. But if they don't, that's fine too. Um, but I don't think they should rush Lamar, and I don't think Owe is going to play, and and things like that. So, right. I think that I think that makes sense too. I hope we don't find out that Owe's foot injury is is you know a list frank or something like that. That's a longer term injury it might affect him next year because mm-hmm. that that might at this time of year. Uh, you know, one of the things that I don't want to have happen is to be talking next preseason about the. 20-some game preseason win streak the Ravens have, but also they have six straight regular season losses. It's, it's, it will become retortive in terms of uh, you know how it's reported every time. And, and I, I really don't want that. I think I, I want them to finish on a high note, have a winning season. That means something to me um, yep. in terms of the consistency of the franchise. And, and uh, you know, I, I certainly don't want any situation where, where they might contemplate coaching changes. I think they've got the right guys in place when they have the right personnel back to, to make this work. All right, I'm starting, right? Yep. 
Let's go with uh, 14% and 54%. That's the ATS percentage, 14%, astoundingly low uh, on 35 pass plays, resulting in a pass or sack. They had only five ATS opportunities. That excludes the spikes. Um, one of the lowest ATS percentages I've ever recorded, I remember, it was 15% in the opener against Cleveland last year. Lamar still had a big day. But the 54% is the pressure rate for the Rams, which is extremely high. Um, it, it's not only is a 50% pressure rate rare, it's it's also very unusual when you have a four- and five-man pass rush doing it all the time. So they rushed four 26 times. They rushed five the other nine times. That's 100% of their total pass rush opportunities. Almost no blitzing from off ball. When they did it, you know, TJ Reader got a sack uh, doing that. But, uh, you know, not much in the way of trying to deceive the Ravens there. A little bit of stunting, but otherwise it was it was mostly straight up one-on-one losses. I think, you know, this really points out, I think it's silly to blame play calling for what happened against the Rams, you know, in a, in a close loss or what happened down this stretch. The team has fought hard. They are tremendously outgunned by every opponent uh, week after week without Lamar, with the offense being what it is, with the offensive line being in shambles. Um, I, I really don't see any cause to be talking about the play calling and say, well, I wish they'd run instead of passed on this play. That, that would have made a difference. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's pretty amazing what the Rams were able to do with such a straightforward rush. Um, And, you know, that really puts, uh, makes it almost impossible to pass against. You know, you got all those guys dropping back, so you get the pressure and the numbers. You know, you normally have to sacrifice one for the other. And to be able to successfully do it with so few uh, just makes it almost impossible to succeed, uh, let alone when you're, down to a backup QB and, you know, it's just really difficult situation. So Mm -hmm. great that they were able to do something with, with such a tough, uh, tough road that they faced. Um, My numbers kind of echo exactly that point uh, that you were talking about. They're 3.4, 3.78, 3.88 and four. That's the average separation from the QB on pass plays for Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and Gaines. So the four um, defensive linemen that had the most rushes against on pass plays. Uh, The NFL average is 4.53 yards. So what this is is basically uh, the distance that the excuse me the distance that the defensive lineman is when the QB throws the ball or sacks or, or sacked. So the average distance on, on any drop back. So on average, they're about 4.5 yards away. And these guys were 3.4, 3.8, 3.9 and four. So all well below basically a yard to a half a yard closer to the QB on average, every snap, all four guys. So you, you, they were getting pressure all around, which aligns with your numbers um, it's, it's just, it just makes it Im- almost impossible for Huntley to succeed. So. Right. Definitely mirrors the, um, the, the pressure rate. Huntley also really tried to stay in the pocket and throw from there. And I guess doing that is probably going to, uh, you know, result in more of that happening. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly something we we need to look at. Um, next number I'll do is fourteen point eight and four point seven. Mark Andrews yards per target in this game fourteen point eight. Excuse me for that fourteen point eight um, and four point seven was all other Ravens receivers put together. So that is awful. 
you know, the Andrews, the, the, the reads are going Andrews to short to long. Um, they're, they're really looking for him first. Uh, and when it's not there, they, they go check down right away. Hollywood, the last seven weeks combined, has had just 4.3 yards per target. That's 299 yards on 69 targets. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a complex problem. It's not just the passing game. It has roots in the run game and their inability to, 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 to you know, mount a scary run game for opponents. So um, Hollywood Bateman really taken out of the game as deep threats. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, definitely a, a tough thing for, um, you know, for for them, uh, the situation that they're in without being a, a, a tough run threat, um, you know, makes it really difficult to pass. I love seeing how successful Andrews has been. Uh, what an amazing year for him. Just, uh, you know, absolutely the mvp of the of the of the team this year i did like uh how bateman really uh, showed up a lot uh i think he out snapped um out snapped hollywood this week which was pretty awesome to see uh you know that he's getting out there and getting a lot of snaps getting a lot of targets i think he had 10 so really a great opportunity for him uh to really get out there and man he has got some good moves his uh his moves off the line are, are pretty fantastic so um, but my numbers again, kind of echo, echo the concept that you have there. Uh, again, four numbers, 21%, 49%, 37%, and 15%. So 21% is the percentage of air yards in week 17 that went to Mark Andrews. 49% is the percentage of pass yards in the hmm. week 17 that went to Andrews. So we only accounted for a fifth of the air yard targets or the, the air yards, um, but he uh, accounted for f- nearly fifty percent of um, of the uh, of the actual yardage um, on, on you know pass plays. Uh, on the other side, thirty seven percent of the air yards went to Brown, but only fifteen percent of the pass yardage went to Brown. So you know it, it basically kind of shows what you're talking about, where Andrews is making the most out of what what came to him i think he only had six targets and uh you know caught them all yeah caught them all and got got some decent yards after catch on that and uh you know hollywood had a lot of i think some deep shots and they're just not connecting and then everything else that he was connecting is just little dinks so Mm -hmm. um really not uh not getting the most out of him lately um so definitely something that they'll need to work on Right. Well, I don't think it's Hollywood, frankly, that's yeah. the problem here. I think it's a, it's a matter of he's a check down receiver in the way the offense is constituted currently. They just didn't have any time to get any really good deep shots down, didn't connect on any of, of the ones that they did. And when he gets the ball, it's usually five yards. And Hollywood is not a big yak player unless no. he's behind the defense. If he's front of the defense, he goes down pretty quickly and tries to really avoid the big hit. So, um you know, it's it's obviously it's been something that hasn't worked out. So anyway, I, I expect him to be a bigger part of the offense again next year. He started this year very strong with Lamar. I think they'll get back to that, I hope. Yep. All right. Let's go to my next number is 2.98. That's the number of wide receivers per play for the Rams. Obviously, if they had 3.00, they'd be they could be 11 personnel every down. Of course, it's possible they could have four wide receivers on the field, too. So we don't have to get into that. But 
it, the Rams really obviously had a game plan coming into this. that They want to stress the Ravens to play every cornerback snap that they could pro- possibly force or could force with their, you know, their usual personnel. And, and that meant that, you know, Seymour was on the field a lot where the Ravens had to make choices and put a third safety on the field as they did and played a lot of big nickel in this game. Uh, they did fortunately have Skoranek who uh, was a hybrid wide receiver tight end, which allowed the Ravens to try some big nickel. In some ways, I kind of feel bad even talking about schematic components of this last game. But, you know, it's it's reasonable to do that and see why the Ravens are so weak right now, I think. And you know, anytime opposing teams have a chance to, put, to force more corners on the field, they're going to do it. I think we'll probably see that against the Steelers with them going back to a lot of 11 and possibly even some 01 and 10 personnel uh, this coming week. Yeah, you know, it, it it just is another sign of, um, you know, how amazing of a job they were able to do with the tough situation they were put in. Like, yeah. they're playing so few starting caliber defensive backs, and they're facing a, a tough wide receiver core with, with good one through three wide receivers, and they're all out there a, at, you know, a very, very good offensive play caller for the Rams. It was a real a nightmare matchup, and they they played admirably. Uh, one thing I will say against going going against the Steelers is they may have the wide receivers, but luckily Big Ben, I don't know that he has the arm strength to to yeah. threaten the DBs too much. So hopefully it'll just be in front of them, and they just did you see his well. yards per pass this last week? It was like under three for it's, the whole game. On it's a huge number of passes. It's unbelievable. The checkdowns and the number behind the line of scrimmage is just it's pretty crazy. So. One awesome number about the uh, uh, the defensive back numbers was uh, 58 and 1. 58 was the number of snaps for Jimmy Smith, 100%. Didn't think I'd be seeing Jimmy Smith uh, with 100% of the defensive uh, back snaps in week, uh, I guess it's 17 of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not something I expected. Uh, one is a tackle for loss. One of the two uh, tackle for losses for the Ravens. Um, last week, just he, he played really well, I thought, especially for, you know, the expectations. I thought it was great to see him out there. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how he does in week 18 because uh, like, likely he'll be uh, one of the starting outside cornerbacks again. Oh, and yeah. um, I definitely think it'll be an interesting de- decision to see what the Ravens do in the offseason. Uh, he had a presser today talking about, you know, if they're interested, I'm interested. You know, I'm hanging around Baltimore, so I'm around, basically. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's very good. I mean, we may be at a point where Jimmy Smith is probably a vet min contract deal or something pretty close to it. Uh, the Ravens have some guys who could really help them at that level. I think Tony Jefferson, you know, falls into that same category as a guy who could help the team, a little older player. Um, the love affair between Harbaugh and Jimmy Smith is remarkable in a st- – at one time star athlete. I mean, he's, he's stayed around for so many years, appreciating the Ravens system, obviously appreciating still playing football. He's been making a good sum of money mm-hmm. to this point doing so. Uh, it'll really be a test for him to see if he comes back at the vet minimum. I, I think that'll be a, that'll be an interesting decision point for the Ravens. Obviously they're, they're going to have to transition out of the set of corners they have. And it seems like, you can draft a bunch, but you really want to have some experienced guys around to plug and play when you when you need to. And and uh, he would he would make a lot of sense, I think, from that perspective. 
All right. Uh, I will go with 15 and 9. 15 weeks since the, the Ravens' last TD off a turnover. By the way, they said, I think they said on the broadcast they hadn't scored off a turnover since week two. It's actually they haven't scored a touchdown off a turnover since week two. They have had two field goals during that entire play. What's probably more disturbing is that the Ravens have had just nine turnovers since week two. And one of them was in week two. So uh, those nine ensuing drives resulted just two field goals, like I said, four turnovers. Those were all interceptions, some on the very next play. Uh, you know, it's, it's not been a real exciting group of turnovers to say, hey, here's what we got out of this. Um, that's about a full game of advantaged field position. And, you know, most of these turnovers, whether it's a fumble or interception, you may well start in opposing territory. You're, you're, it's not like a typical kickoff where you typically start right around the 25-yard line. Um, they did include two big plays on the year. The OA strip and the Kansas City game won that game, you know, combined with the fourth and one conversion by Lamar shortly thereafter. And if you look back to Denver, the Averett interception with three seconds left gave them a chance to extend the uh, 100-yard rushing streak for another game and tie the all-time record, which then fell the the, the, the following week. So uh, it's been a terrible year for Ravens turnovers. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty remarkable. Um, complete drop-off from the forced fumbles with uh, Marlin, and then interceptions just weren't there with Peters being mm-hmm. gone. And, um, you know, the, a lot of replacement defensive backs, I think. Uh, and I think also just um, game script, you know, a lot less uh, – a, a lot less – high risk throws, you know, being made by the opposing team in order to try and come back in games and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's been tough, but man, that was a, a great pick six by Clark. He just jumped that and, and uh, took it right in. That was a pretty amazing, uh, uh, read by him for sure. So I love to see, see that and hope he, uh, keeps it going. So, all right. Um, my next numbers are are, are looking forward. Um, first, we'll 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 talk just about the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I've got three numbers: eight point nine two percent, thirteen point zero four percent, and six point one three percent. Eight point nine two percent is the sack percentage for Pittsburgh. Uh, that's second best, only behind Chicago. So that's not ideal. Thirteen uh, percent mm-hmm. over the last three games. That's their sack percentage. So they've been on fire the last three games. It's third best in the league. Luckily, six point one three is the sack percentage for away games. So they've been significantly better at home, which makes sense. Uh, you know, six point three is still good. Uh, it's it's middle of the pack uh, for away games. Um, but uh, but hopefully the the crowd is good and um, you know and 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 can help us out a little bit and, and, and slowing down their sack. But, uh, you know, you know, TJ Watt is going to be out, out hunting for sure uh, with 21 and a half sacks, only one away yeah. from r- the record. Um, luckily only five and a half out of his 21 and a half were on away game. So maybe, maybe that'll slow him down, but I think he had three and a half against the Ravens earlier this that year. Sounds so, right. <laughs> so four in the last game. Yeah. So Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, I, I, you're an actuary, and and you you like to gamble. I know on at least some things, but tell me, where would you set the over under on sack percentages, or just a number of sacks for this game? Let's put it that way. That's easier for people to digest, possibly. Uh, to total for the Steelers, not TJ Watt. Yeah, let's see. So you said last week there were 35 pass plays, so I think there will be more this week. Uh, so 40, 45, 10 percent. I guess would. Four? I'm going to go okay. with four. 
maybe three okay. and a half. Okay, I was going to say four and a half. Okay. I, I think that they are going to be so keyed up to try everything to get sacks. They won't even really care about giving up some plays defensively if they can get sacks in this game. That's how they were and last they were, week. They, I think yeah, they had like 10 or something like they had, that. They, yeah, they had, they had nine sacks. Yeah. Nine? Jeez, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So. So anyway, I, I, that's an interesting that's an interesting one because they're, they're they're not gonna. I doubt the Ravens can hold them to a six percent pass rate on their passes. If they did that, I, it would be a big Pyrrhic victory of its own, or a big victory of its own. Forget mm-hmm. the Pyrrhic. Uh, anyway, uh, next number is sixteen and ten and eighty six point two. That's Roethlisberger's career record as a starter versus the Ravens and his passer rating. It's among the worst of his. Um, records against any team. It's a little worse versus New England. The 86.2 is very close to the worst in terms of passer rating versus any team as well. Um, one thing interesting looking back at the rivalry is there have been 35 regular season games that the Steelers and Ravens have played since the beginning of 2004, and he's only been the starter in 26 of those, which is, means he's missed a significant amount of time, and some of that against the Ravens. There's been often talk that you know, he was trying to not play against the Ravens at time. Of course, there's always talk about the drama involving Ben and whatnot. But I think it's fair to say that that his presence, the drama he brings, some of the things he's done with the football certainly has really made this rivalry in a lot of ways into the best in, in sports of the last 20 years, and really in any sport. Um, it, the Ravens had Ray Lewis for a portion of it. You know, they've had, they've had other players for a portion of it. Certainly Flacco was a major competitor of, of Roethlisberger's for a long time. Uh, it's it Roethlisberger is the constant for the last 20 years. It's not, there's not any other player unless you want to count, you know, somebody like Sam cook as being the other side of that rivalry. And I, I don't think you could do that. Uh, the game I'll remember, and I want to hear yours too, but it's the 2006 November game when they sacked him nine times. Bart Scott, of course, had the airborne sack, uh, that, that, uh, was, was, was famous and, and had been on the ground for some time. And for whatever reason, Tomlin decided to leave him in that game down 27 to nothing. <laughs> and Ravens fans still at the end of that game with a score 27 to nothing fourth and 22 were still foaming at the mouth for the, for the shutout and a very loud group of fans. It also eliminated effectively the Steelers from any chance to repeat their Super Bowl from the previous year. And, uh, and it was, it was quite a moment at, at the stadium that day. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy rivalry. I love all the stats about, you know, how the, there was so many, you know, 90% of the games or 95% of the games were one possession games or uh, for the last 20 years or something like that. It's been exactly the same points, you know, for both teams. You know, it's always yeah. there's crazy uh, stats about how close the, the matchup has been. And, and you're absolutely right that, you know, Roethlisberger has been uh, a face of that uh, rivalry for so long. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, him standing in the pocket getting, what was it, a bloody nose from Haloti Nada, I think. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. And then, um, you know, just uh, the rivalry with uh, Suggs. So I think it'll be interesting. I, I guess Suggs is coming to uh, coming to the game. He's going to be be there. So mm-hmm. um, so that'll be, a, you know, I guess he's kind of the, the face of he, the rivalry, I would say. Yeah, he, yeah. he would be from the Ravens side. And I, and I forgot about him, but but yeah. he, you're right. He was there the whole time or, you know, almost the entire time anyway. Yeah, so I think they're they're bringing him back and hopefully he'll uh, bring some energy. I guess that's what they're hoping and uh, to bring some more fans, I, I think, too. But, um, you know, I think, uh, it, you know, he's, he's definitely not what he used to be. And I don't think he has the presence of standing in the pocket that he had before, you know, have four guys hanging on him as he throws it down the field 30 yards. So, uh, you know, that's what I remember most is how, 
difficult it was and frustrating it was with all the pressure around him and you know he would still pull pull something out so that's uh that's that's the frustration that I, re- <laughs> I remember in the matchups for sure. So yeah, here's here's to Pittsburgh not finding their next franchise quarterback right away. You know, I, I'm always frustrated when a when a division rival is able to do it so quickly. And you know, the Browns seem to have it done with Mayfield. Then it didn't work out. At least I, I think it has a good chance not to work out mm-hmm. with the number one overall pick. But the Bengals got the number one overall pick, and they do seem to have the right guy. And now we, we'll we'll see with the Steelers. They're not drafting with a high pick, and and you know, hopefully it will take them at least a couple of tries to, to, to work this out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be done with that. So, <laughs> you know, have a, <laughs> have a couple of easier games for sure. That'd be nice. Um, so, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, should I jump in my last number to sure. wrap it up? Uh, my last numbers are 3% and negative uh, uh, 15.5. So 3% of making the playoffs, chance of making the playoffs. Pretty, pretty slim right now uh, based on the models I'm seeing. Uh, they need a win versus Pittsburgh, obviously. Uh, the Jaguars over the Colts, New England over Miami, and then uh, Las Vegas over the Chargers. Fifteen point five is the Jaguars are uh, are underdogs by fifteen point five points to the Colts. So that's the big one. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm not uh, I'm not holding my breath on the Colts. So I think um, you know. I, I think three percent is is being kind uh, on our odds of, of winning, and uh, or getting in the playoffs. And um, you know, I uh, I think it's been a crazy year. I think insane number of close games and exciting games, and uh, really unfortunate with the injuries and COVID and all sorts of things. But um, you know, been been really fun to watch for sure. So, right now, Jacksonville could blow the number one pick to Detroit if they win this game. They've got it if they lose it. And they have everything, obviously, to play for in terms of, of uh, losing this game. So, you know, the players don't always cooperate, cooperate. The coaches don't always cooperate. I know Pittsburgh, I think, is the team that lost the right to draft O.J. Simpson by winning their final game. Okay. Uh, at one point, they lost it to Buffalo. But uh, it's it's a situation where I, I would be shocked by doing it. I'm, I'm also frustrated that the NFL did not – um, allow these games to be played at the same time so that certain events couldn't happen. Like none of these teams should know they can lose and still make the playoffs. And that's what the situation is with Las Vegas. If they get the early results that they want, I think actually the Jags have to beat the Colts for that. So that, you know, won't help that much, but the, but the Ravens aren't going to get the win by Las Vegas. They need if they already know that the Jags win over the Colts, you know, puts them in the playoffs. So they will have to, the one thing about it is their inactive list does have to be in by the time, you know, the the game's at about halftime. So uh, that's at least something, but I'm, I'm frustrated by the scheduling. It's not something where I really want a four o'clock game in Baltimore. I'm happy to have a one o'clock game for a lot of reasons that we've Mm -hmm. talked about before, but um, it's, it's not fair scheduling to do what they did. Yeah, I know it's, it's a very weird thing. I guess they're just trying to maximize some, some money. Uh, You know, it's, I feel like they used to just kind of, stack everybody at once at the end and uh, now right. they've kind of spaced them out get some more money so 
Yeah, one of the, one of the things they can do, they always have to have a divisional game on the last thing. So any AFC West team is always going to be playing in no closer than the Mountain Time Zone. So right there, that it means you're you're, you're all four o'clock or you're nothing if any AFC West team is involved. But in years where you don't have the AFC West involved, just do all at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. You don't have to you don't have to push everybody to four o'clock for for this. And there are other times where. You know, I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I really don't like scheduling unfairness. I, I, it, it pissed me off. The Ravens played two teams coming off the bye. That whole Cleveland sandwich the Ravens, yep. you know, the Ravens got put through just garbage. So, yeah, uh, it, this bothered me. Yeah, absolutely. And they're. There's easy solutions. That's that's the frustrating part is when yep. they, they make it harder than it needs to be. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be good. We'll, we'll be able to kind of track at least some of the games. At least the Jags Colts won't be at the very end and, you know, have you'll have three of the four pieces and then it'll, you know, you lose it on the last one. I'd rather just know what I'm going to do and just enjoy the game. So there you um, go. Yep. All right, Dan, a pleasure to do with these with you all year. We got one more still to go. Looking forward to that. Uh, yep. Also, hope hope we can have you on in the offseason for, for various things. Absolutely. Hey, you know football, man. Yep. And uh, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, reach out on uh, on Twitter at DP Reese and then the number eight. Uh, you know, even uh, once the season wraps up, going to be doing lots of uh, cap and draft and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, that's where I can really get <laughs> get into some fun numbers, too. So uh, hit me up on Twitter. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to either do one of two things, either a 25 years pod, there's still time. You can do it if you want. Just hit me up with a DM on Twitter, narrow topic. We can go deep into it in about 25 minutes. If you instead would like to talk about something else related to the off season, whether it's a series of shows or one show on a particular topic, we'll be reinstituting film study shorts. Doesn't have to be about a history topic, something about the current Ravens, franchise building, how you'd approach a problem, this sort of thing. Again, hit me up. DMs are open on Twitter. I'd love to talk to you. Dan, pleasure doing the show with you all year. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.